church. It is so good to see all of your smiling faces tonight. Welcome. Also welcome to those who are watching online tonight as well. For all of you both online and even here, please check into Facebook. Just check in that you're here. Share it on Facebook and get that service out there for others to see that may not be able to be here with us tonight. I hope that everyone is doing good and I'm so glad you came out. I know you're going to be blessed despite the soaking rain out there, but we do need it. Hallelujah. So we do have a few announcements to go over this evening. This Friday night is the Winter Fiesta Fundraiser for Train Christian Academy. And it's at 630, $25 per person. Registration can be done online or um, 
at the representative. If there's someone out there in the foyer, there may be someone tonight. You can do that as well in the commons area. And I think that will be a great way to start the weekend with Mexican food. So, hey, I think you ought to go and have a great time. Um, and it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun for all of you that can be there. Also, this Sunday, we're going to be having a Super Bowl party. That'll be 5 p.m., okay, not 6, so it will be 5 p.m. at the Student Ministry Building. And there'll be taco meat, chips, and queso that will be provided. But you can sign up over at Guest Services if you would like to bring a side item. Also, there is an event out on Facebook, so you can go out there and just, you know, say, yes, you're going. That'll give us a good count, and so, and or you can register out there, or you can do it online, and that way we'll kind of have a count of who will be there, and uh, that way we can be a little better prepared. Hallelujah. We also encourage you to wear your favorite sports jersey this Sunday to church. Um, and then join us in the evening for fellowship. Now, I don't do sports. I don't like sports except for basketball, so sorry, and I don't have a jersey for that, but uh, I will be wearing my Lake Church jersey, so if you have that, go league, yep, go, go Team Lake Church, so you can wear that on Sunday as well if you want to, um, but whoever it is, remember, though, we're going to be believers in the body of Christ. We're not going to fight over jerseys. We're all going to be friends that morning, okay? (laughs) Hallelujah. And then next week, as we move into next week, a week from Sunday, the 19th at 10 a.m., and then again at 6 p.m., we are going to have Pastor T, who is going to be here with us for times of manifestation, and that will be a special service in the evening that night, so you're going to want to be sure to be here for that as well. I know that it will be... um, a great time to be together. And then also there is a men's breakfast coming up. It'll be on February the 18th, um, which is a week from this Saturday, I believe, 9 a.m. out at Lake Camp. You can see Patrick for all the other information that I was not able to provide for you. So since we're talking about parties, you know, we know how the Super Bowl is. Although Bob and I are not sports people, we've been around sports people and you know, they're like knocking over recliners, screaming, yelling, jumping, right? Okay. So it made me start thinking about cheerful givers. And I thought, wow, I wonder what that word means. Because one of the geeky things I do is I like to look up words and do word studies. I love that. So I am, so I started researching what the word cheerful meant. And it is not happy, people. It's not the word happy at all. It actually was the word vivacious. So guess what I did? I looked up what the word vivacious meant, and it meant lively and full of life. So you know what? I got to thinking back to the past that when Bob and I were first married, we were dirt poor guys. We had to believe God to pay our bills. Um, Actually, we had to believe God for tithes to even be able to give to the Lord. We were that poor. And so, but you know what we would do when we got our money and we would get ready to give is we would, we would be joyful and we would be, um, lively about it. And you know, I like to taunt the devil because he's defeated and he's so arrogant. And so I like to taunt him. And so I would just say, you know, devil, you're a liar. I'm sowing into the kingdom of God. And that puts a hedge of protection around my finances and you have no access to it. Now, guess what? I had $2 in my account, but you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't going to be moved by the natural. I was going to be moved by 
faith and the things of God. And so, you know what? I just have a little bit of fun and I want to encourage you. Maybe when you're giving, sometimes you think this is kind of hard. Well, you know what? Taunt the devil, be joyful, be cheerful, be vivacious and lively and say, hallelujah, I'm sowing into the kingdom. That means there's a hedge of protection around my money and it produces according to kingdom principles and that it doesn't matter what inflation's doing or what's happening here on the earth, that it is subject to kingdom principles because I'm a doer of the word. And then, you know, you might even say nanny, 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 or whatever you want to do to the devil. You know what? He's, he's defeated. So I like to tell him that several times a day. It, it brings me lots of joy to do that. So hallelujah. So as you give, I want you to think about that. So there's several different ways you can give tonight. And you know what? It's okay if you do a little dance back there. I won't uh, be upset with you at all. I'll even join in. Hallelujah. Because we're dancing for the Lord and dancing joyfully. And with the same vivaciousness that we're going to cheer for the sports team this weekend. Okay. So I'll even do it with you. So there's several ways you can give. Of course, seat back. You can put cash, check, or even write credit card information on that. You can give at lake-church.com. Get on the giving tab. You can also give through the app, the church center app, Find Lake Church. Give that way. And of course, you can text to give. And even though last week I told you to text while you were driving, I had all these thoughts. If you don't know, I talk fast. All these thoughts were going through my head. But you know, you can text while you give because you can verbally say, hey, Siri, and Siri will answer you or whoever you have. And you say, text to give, uh, 84321. And then, you know what? And then it says, how much? Or whatever Siri says back to you. And you tell her and you go your merry way. So you can give anytime, anywhere, when the Holy Spirit prompts you. Just make sure you don't wreck doing it. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. So let's pray and uh, get ready to give. Hallelujah. So Lord, we just thank you right now for your goodness for your mercy, for your love, for your faithfulness. And we just put ourselves in remembrance of how good that you are to us, Father, and how good that you are. And we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you so much. Now, Father, we thank you that as we join with you and we fellowship and we operate from the kingdom, Father, we thank you that finances must produce according to the kingdom. That when we sow, we're cheerful and we're joyous, Father, and we are vivacious in our giving because, Father, we know that you do not lie and your word does not return void, nor does our word return void when we speak it out. So I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus for all that you're doing, for the work that's going forth because we're doers of the word and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's on. Okay. All right. Well, good evening, Lake Church. Let's start this again. (laughs) Amen. We're going to continue with Hear and Be Healed tonight, this teaching that's been started since uh, the first month of this year. Uh, Pastor is in uh, Wichita, Kansas tonight. He's celebrating with Pastor Kenny and Lori at Glorious Bible Church, celebrating, I believe, their 33rd anniversary. So, man, yeah, Hallelujah. That's awesome. So they're going up there, him and Pastor Karen, to celebrate with them tonight. And uh, so you guys are going to get me. 
And we're going to get in the Word tonight. Um, So let's just turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. We've been talking about really uh, how important it is to have a relationship with the Word of God. Because uh, as this title of this message says that we, God's way of healing or God's way of providing for us comes by us hearing and then we're able to receive what he has already provided for us through the finished work of Jesus. Amen. You know what God has done for us in Christ? He has done within us. It's important to understand that Jesus, what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection is a finished work. It's a completed work. It's a perfect work, which is symbolized by the fact that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he ascended to the right hand of God and sat down, showing that he was finished with the work of redemption, that it was completed and that it was perfect. And when we receive Christ, when we uh, recognize he is Lord, then God's perfect work uh, affects us in our innermost being, in our spirit. So I was sharing that with you last week about the fact that 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 reveals that mankind is a three-part being. We are spirits. You're a spirit being. Your spirit is the unseen part of you. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. And then we live in a body. We have a physical body. And so God's redemptive work is three-dimensional in the fact that in our spirit, the work that Christ did for us, when we say, yes, Jesus, we pass from death to life. We pass out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son. And we are made a brand new creation in our spirit. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. It says, Old things pass away and behold all things. How many things? All things have become new. And then I love the next verse that says, and now all things are of God. Because that work that happened in our spirit, making us a new creation is perfect as well. Your spirit, man, will not be more righteous, will not be more holy, will not be more complete, will not be more healed, will not be more delivered in a million years than he is tonight. Because the work that God did on the inside of you is perfect. Now our soul, as I said last week, is in the process of renewal. So actually our thinking, what we're doing with the word of God is we're renewing our thinking to the finished work that Jesus did in our spirit. In other words, our mind is catching up with what God has already done within us. Our mind is catching up. And so the work of the believer is not really outward. It's in the soul. It's our interaction with the word of God. 
Uh, it's, it's our interaction with the Word of God that begins to cause us to be able to perceive what God has done within us. And only when we're able to perceive it are we able to partake of it and experience the benefits of what God has done for us in making us a new creation. In fact, that's so perfect. The Bible says that we have been made one spirit with Him. Amen. He who has joined Himself to the Lord is one spirit with Christ. Amen. So really the whole uh, revelation is that we have come into a spiritual union with Christ to where there is no difference anymore. We've become one with him. And listen, he didn't take on our traits. We took on his. So what we can say now is that what he, who he is is who we are. What belongs to him belongs to us. So we got to start getting the revelation uh, that if we want to understand truly who we are, we look at Jesus. And in fact, we don't look at him as he was when he was uh, portrayed in the Gospels. In First John, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. Well, how is he? Is Jesus sick tonight? No, is Jesus defeated tonight? Is he in bondage to the lies of the enemy tonight? Is he fallen to the temptations of the enemy tonight? Come on, no. Well, then if we could catch up in our mind and realize that we're one with him, then we will have the ability to resist the devil and enter into everything and partake of everything that Jesus died to give us. Because listen, everything uh, that God desired for us has already been released to us through the new creation. And so we are being renewed in our mind to the work of Christ, what he did for us. And then that renewing of our mind causes us to be able to release into our body the benefits that Christ provided for us. That's really what healing is. It's me. It's not me receiving something from God. It's me releasing what's already on the inside of me. You know, in the book of Psalms, you know, this was before Jesus. Sometimes we read some of the things and we forget what part of the Bible they're in. <laughs> you know, it says, I look to the hills where my help comes from. I don't, my help don't come from the hills. My help comes from the Christ that's on the inside of me. And I don't need to receive something from heaven. I need to release what's already been put on the inside of me. The very life and nature and character and power of God has been invested in the spirit of every single believer who has been born of God, who has received the DNA of God and has been made a new creation in him. Man, but believers don't understand what's happened to us. You know, and so we got to get our thinking right. We got to hear. Listen, and you can hear and not really hear. You know, there's many times we'll get up here and we'll read a scripture and we'll give a message. And a lot of people will just be going, they'll just be sitting there going, boy, that's great. I've heard that before. Well, then you haven't heard it. You haven't heard it because listen, if you had heard it. 
If you had really heard it, that's why Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why did he say hear twice? Because you have physical ears, you have spiritual ears. We have to give value. That's why I'm just kind of prefacing what we're going to talk about tonight with just a little bit. I'm trying to get you to put value on what's being said tonight. Let me just say this. Uh, don't look at who's talking. Never. Never look at who, who God's using to speak. Because you'll put a value on that determined by who, who it is that's being used. We need to say, I receive that as what it is, which is the word of God. We need to esteem what's being said at such a level that we actually give that. Jesus said that he who has, more will be given. What was he talking about? He who has esteem for the word is going to receive more revelation. But he who has not, because listen, people can be sitting and listen to the same words and hearing different things. And receiving varying degrees of benefit from it. So I'm just trying to get you to, to get your believing out there. Esteem the word that's coming forth tonight. Because I know you have needs in your life. None of us have arrived. You know, there are various things that we're all uh, growing into as believers. And it's how we hear that really determines uh, how we experience what Christ, you know, provided. Because, like I said, he did a perfect work. All right, so let's look in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. It says, when he had come down from the mountain, talking about Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying... Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. You know, John G. Lake, who was a, a man who you know, had great signs and wonders and miracles of healing and ma- great manifestations, uh, following his ministry, he said there's three reasons why we don't receive healing or any other manifestation that Jesus provided for us. There's three scriptural reasons for why we don't. And listen, none of them are on God's end. <laughs> They're all on our end. And I believe this story right here, it reveals the first reason why we don't receive from God. And that's because of ignorance. And when we use the word ignorant, it's not a cut down. Ignorance just means you don't know. And so this, this leper, when Jesus came, he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can. So he knew that God could. He knew that Jesus could. And most believers, you know, that do believe in healing, they, they know God. They say, well, they'll say God can do anything he wants to do. Um, but where, where it changes is like with the, with the leper, 
he didn't know if God was willing to do it for him. So he, he wasn't sure. So what did he need? He needed to hear what the will of God was concerning healing. He needed to hear what the will of God was concerning, concerning healing. He said, if you're, uh, if you're willing, you can. It's interesting. It says Jesus put out his hand and touched him. And he wasn't cleansed. Until he answered the question that the leper was wrestling with. But when he said, and this is in the New King James, but in the King James it just says, I will be cleansed. When he answered the question, boom, contact. Why? Because when his question was answered, he had faith to be healed. Oh, he heard and he was healed. He heard and he was healed. This is why we are constantly exhorting the body of Christ to get in the word. Because the word of God reveals the will of God. And every answer that you're looking for is in the word. Oh, he got his question answered. And the moment he did, see it wasn't like this. It wasn't like he said, if you're willing, you can. And Jesus touched put out his hand, but he wasn't uh, releasing the power yet. See what I'm saying? It wasn't that Jesus was going, I'm going to touch him, but I'm not going to let anything come out yet. See, the disconnect was on the leper. He didn't have faith because he didn't know for sure. So Jesus touched him, but when he said, I will, boom, the connection was made. The connection was made and the power of God went into the leper and he was cleansed. Oh, that's why we've got to hear and be healed. We, let me say this. It wasn't Jesus that needed persuaded. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. That's what we think. That's what most believers think. Man, if I could just persuade God about how bad my need is. God, do you realize what's going on down here? Man, I'm suffering. I have a need. I'm sick. I have a disease. I need healing. Hello? No, listen. He's not the one that needs persuaded. It wasn't Jesus. Jesus wasn't the one who needed persuaded. The leper was the one who needed persuaded. When Jesus said, I will, I looked up this word, a will, in the original, and you know what he basically said? Jesus said, this is my greatest desire. Oh, come on. Somebody, somebody needed that tonight. Jesus said, not only do I will it, you know, he's like, I'm not just going to do this because I feel sorry for you. Jesus said, it's my greatest desire to see you healed, to see you made whole, to see you get your life back, to see you reclaim your health. It's my greatest desire to do this. Man, that's what we got to realize. God wants you well. 
God isn't withholding anything from you. As a child of God, the benefits of health are yours already. God provided them proactively before you ever had a need. Jesus already knew about it and he already made the provision. See, we got to be persuaded. We've been unpersuaded. You know, and then whenever you, uh, you give a person the information that, hey, it's God's will. The second reason why people don't get, uh, don't receive is because of traditions. They've been taught wrong. We've been taught things that are wrong. And it hinders our ability to receive. We know that God, that God heals. But you got a whole laundry list of reasons why he may or may not in this case. See, people think things like, oh, well, God heals um, on a case-by-case basis. Nothing could be further from the truth. God healed on a one-case basis, and that was in Christ Jesus. (laughs) He's not deciding. You know, whenever you need healing, you go to the Lord in prayer. God doesn't pull out a book and go, well, let me review your case. See if you qualify. See, that's a, that's a religious tradition that people have. They believe they have to qualify for healing or whatever thing that they're needing from God at the time. Let me just tell you this. If it's based on your performance... You could never qualify. In fact, you are already disqualified based on your own performance. Because if you're guilty of one sin, you're guilty of breaking the whole law of God. So let me just help you out tonight. Based on your own performance, you're disqualified. But the good news is, is based on the perfect performance of Jesus, the complete performance of Jesus, the finished performance of Jesus, you are qualified. And God isn't reviewing your personal holiness to see if you qualify to receive your healing from him tonight. Oh, man. Man, you ought to be a little more excited about that than that. You can't qualify. The good news is Jesus qualified you. Mm, Man, that is good stuff. In fact, did you know that every person that Jesus healed while he was here physically on earth was a sinner? (laughs) Not one person uh that Jesus healed in his ministry on the earth was a born again person. Why well, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. I'm not saying they weren't justified or blameless in the sight of God. I'm saying not saying they weren't righteous because they were righteous people. I'm saying none of them were born again. Not one of them. Amen. Hallelujah. So see, we don't qualify ourselves. So traditions, Jesus said this about traditions. Uh, I believe in Luke 7, he said, The traditions of men 
make the word of God of no effect. The traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. Does that mean that the word of God doesn't have power? No. The word of God has the inherent power of the life of God within it. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But the way you look at the word of God through your traditions can cause its effectiveness not to be manifested to you. Rather than being a conductor of the power of God, you become a a resistor of the power of God. By your traditions. And then the third reason is just unbelief. Unbelief is, I see what the word says, but I choose not to believe it. You say, well, who would do that? Well, just trust me, there are people who do all the time. Just say, you know, well, I can see what that says, but so-and-so says this, so I just choose not to believe that. But if you can deal with those areas, John G. Lake said this, when you're ministering to healing to somebody, if you can locate which one of those areas they're missing it in, if you can deal with that using the word of God, if they can hear the truth, the minute that's dealt with, healing just comes as a byproduct. We're working too hard to try to get healed. Pastor said this, he said, when it comes to needing healing, we don't need to rush into healing. We need to rush into hearing. We need to rush into hearing. Listen, if we have a need in our life, get in the word. In fact, let me say this. We should be in the word all the time. (laughs) That's one of the problems is that a lot of times people wait till they have a great need and then they're trying to play catch up. And then it's like a farmer who decides to sow his field the night before the harvest. You can't cram for a harvest. (laughs) See, that's the problem. But if we were just sowing constantly the word of God into our heart concerning the will of God and what he wants for our life, then we could have a constant harvest of life and health and provision and peace, and joy, and love, and all of the things that come through relationship with God. So let's look at another scripture here. Look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103 and verse 1. This says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I tell you what, there's benefits to being in relationship with God. You know why there's benefits? Because he's benevolent. The benefits don't come because he owes us something. They become because he's love. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to provide for us. Let me tell you, Jesus came and the main thing that he revealed about God that hadn't been revealed before was the fact that God is father. Did you know that they knew him as healer, Jehovah Rapha? They knew him as provider. They knew him as our banner of victory. They knew him as shepherd. They knew him as all these things. But the one thing no one ever called God before Jesus came was no one called him father. 
Jesus came to reveal to us God is our Father. And the reason he did is because God is our Father. <laughs> you, your beginning didn't start with your parents. Your beginning started in God because you're a spirit. You're not just a physical being. But you're a spirit being. So God came, or Jesus came to reveal God to us as Father. And let me ask you, those of you who are parents out here, what one of you would wish anything less than perfect health for your children? Is there any parent here tonight, just go ahead and raise your hand, who would wish any less for your own children than perfect health? Not one. So why do we think God, come on, think about this. Think about this. Why would we think that God, who is perfect love, would wish any less for his children? You know, Jesus said this. He said, in comparison to God, you're evil. <laughs> Didn't he say, you know, which one of you would ask for a fish and your child would ask for a fish, you'd give him a stone? He basically said, in comparison to God, you're evil. And you still wouldn't wish that for your parents. Some of the things that people have said that God has done to mankind, his own children, let me say. If we could prove that a, that a parent did that to their child, we'd lock them up and throw away the key. They're in a court in the land. Come on now. Benefits. Problem is, we can't forget him. He's reminding himself of all of the benefits of the Lord, and there are many, many benefits. Who forgives how many of your iniquities? All. Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Who can use a little bit of that? Hallelujah. The Lord wants to renew your youth like that of the eagles. Listen, man, let me, let me ask you again. This is in the book of Psalms. This is under the old covenant. You know why there was an old covenant and there's a new covenant? Because the new is better. (laughs) So under an inferior covenant, David's saying that the benefits of the Lord is that he forgives all of your iniquities, that he heals all of your diseases, that he redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things, which is his word, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now listen, if those benefits were available under an inferior covenant, how much more are they available under the new and the better covenant and why is it so much better because under this covenant they were promises made and under that covenant they had to qualify themselves for the benefits but under the new covenant they are promises fulfilled not promises made promises fulfilled And we have been qualified to be partakers of the divine nature, not by our keeping of God's law, but by our revelation 
of the new creation in our union with Jesus Christ. You know what? When I read that, you know what that does for me? It paints a picture for me in my soul, in the way that I think. It paints a picture for me of the life that God desires for me. I read that and you know what I hear Jesus saying? I will. It's my greatest desire. You know how passionate he was about your forgiveness and your healing? So passionate that he came here and allowed mankind to crucify him on a cross just so that he could provide it. How passionate was the father about providing your forgiveness and healing? He was willing to send his only begotten son to be crucified by the very people he came to redeem on an old rugged cross to be not only crucified, but tortured, to be laid, uh, laid open on his back with whips and, and tortured and spit on and demeaned. Man, come on. Don't tell me God doesn't will for you to have all of these benefits. The price it was paid was too high for you ever to convince me that it's not his greatest desire. Jesus said, when it comes to what you're needing tonight, maybe you're not, maybe you're struggling with forgiveness. And you know, God can, but will, you know, if you're willing, you can forgive me because you know, people struggle with that. I've heard people sit across from me and say, you just don't know what I've done. You know what my answer is? You don't know what Jesus has done. You may be needing healing in your body tonight. And you're saying, I know Jesus can. If he's willing. Hear him saying tonight, it's my greatest desire. Mm. He's saying that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you want to know what God's disposition towards you is, look at Jesus. This is what Jesus said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm so glad he didn't say, if you want to know what the Father's like, go ask Moses. (laughs) I'm really glad that he didn't say, if you want to know the father, go ask Job what his revelation was. No, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. That means that account that we looked at with the leper where Jesus said, I will. It's my greatest desire. That's what the father is saying. Oh, come on, somebody. Even under the inferior covenant, they knew that these benefits were available. But they had to qualify themselves for it. Let's look at another verse. 1 Peter 2.24. Like I said, we're going over scriptures you've read. I know you're very familiar with, but resist familiarity. Familiarity breeds contempt. Do not allow that to come. Open your mind, open your heart like you're reading this for the very first time. And realize this is on this side of the cross. Jesus already made the perfect sacrifice. He already was crucified for us, rose again and seated at the right hand of God. And Peter, looking back at the, at the finished work of Jesus, says, 
who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. What tense is were? It's past. So in the heart and mind of God, it's already done. Why? Because God put, by his spirit, he put the very life and nature and power of God on the inside of the believer through the new creation. That means you have access to it. So for me to beg God to to heal me, how's he going to answer that? (laughs) It's interesting, if you read the prayers of Paul, like in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, uh, in Philippians 1, these different prayers Paul prayed. Did you know he never said, Lord, please heal the church. Lord, please prosper the church. Lord, please bless the church. Lord, please send revival to the church. He never asked for any of that. You know what he prayed? Lord, open the eyes of their heart. Flood their hearts with light so they can recognize what already belongs to them as believers and new creations in Christ. See, it's not on God's side. It's on our side. What do we need to do? We need to hear and be healed. See, we don't have a healing problem. We got a hearing problem. Hmm. We don't have a healing problem. We have a hearing problem. So, you know, according to this, it's already done. So, you know what? Let me back up to Psalm 103, verse 3. How many of y'all confess the word? You know how I confess this? I don't confess who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. I say who forgave all my iniquities and who healed all of my disease. I'd say it in the past tense. Because I'm not living on the same side of the cross as that Psalms Psalms was. (laughs) I'm living on, I'm not living on that side. I'm living on this side. I'm living in the reality of what Jesus already provided for me through his finished work. It's a done deal. It's already accomplished for me. I don't have to, I don't have to look toward it. I have to look within to what he's already done. Oh man, come on now. Come on, I don't look to the, I'm not on that side of the cross. I'm not looking forward uh, to Jesus coming and dying on the cross for me. He already did. You know, I got saved when I was 33 years old. Yeah, I could have got saved earlier if I would have actually heard and been healed. (laughs) Problem wasn't on God's side. It was on my side. My rebellious heart was calloused to hearing the truth of the gospel. But boy, I tell you what, whenever I finally humbled myself and I heard, then I was healed. You know, whenever I heard the gospel in Creek County Jail and faith came, you know, God didn't have to do anything. Jesus didn't have to come down and get on the cross for me. He already did. (laughs) By grace, he'd already provided the forgiveness of my sins. And when I heard, faith came to me and I was able to perceive the truth that God had already forgiven all of my sins in Christ. And then I was simply able to, by faith, partake of it. We've made it too, let me say this, religion has made it way too complicated. 
Another thing people do is they check themselves. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. That means I don't need any sensory confirmation that the word is true. In fact, once I, by faith, uh, embrace the truth of the word of God, then things change in the physical. Because true Bible faith has no uh, sensory evidence that the word is true. The evidence comes... Once you receive it by faith. Mm. So he uh, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness, live for righteousness. The word righteousness, I've been studying it a lot here lately. And I always understood the word righteousness to mean right standing with God. And it does mean that, but it's so much deeper than that. The word righteousness means that a man is as he ought to be. It really means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means he's been redeemed back to the original condition that God created him to be in. Oh man, I tell you what, that's good stuff. So that we might live. See, most people, they'll read that and go, well, that means so that we can live right. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about that we can begin to function the way that God created us to function because he has made us as we ought to be. You can't live out something you're not already. To live for righteousness means I can live in wholeness. That means I don't have to be in bondage to sin. I don't have to be in bondage to sickness. I don't have to be in bondage to disease, to fear, to worry, to addiction, to disorders, to any manifestation that came into the human experience through sin. I don't, I'm not subject to it anymore. Why? Because who I was in Adam died. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Come on. I don't have to. The only reason we do is because we haven't believed. Oh, man. We haven't believed on what God has already done for us. Let's look at another scripture in 3 John, verse 2. I'm still dealing with the will of God. You know, a lot of people will struggle with this statement, but... God wills every person to be well every time. You know why they come up with these excuses for, you know, maybe God, maybe it wasn't God's will or something like that? Is because they interpret the word based on experience rather than their experiences based on the word. See, people have tried stuff. Didn't see the results and said, well, it must not be on God's will. Rather than going, where did I miss it? See, that takes humility. Takes humility to go, well, maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm not seeing something right. Maybe I don't understand something right. Maybe I believed something that was wrong. I mean, God forbid we could be wrong. I mean, (laughs) 
I think it's about time we get honest. You know, I think it's about time we get honest. We, we humble ourselves and go, man, if something's not working, I'm not just going to make an excuse and say, well, God just must not have willed it then. And put it off on God. That's how people get these disparaging ideas about who the Father is because they take their lack of results and they put it on God. Mm. Man, I tell you what, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. That's good. If you'll hear, you can be healed. I'm telling you, if you hear, you can be healed. Beloved, I pray. That word uh, is in the King James or New King James, but some translations say, I will. That you may prosper in all things, be in health, just as your soul prospers. You know, this is John writing to a beloved brother. But the Holy Spirit inspired these words. This is the infallible word of God. So this is the Holy Spirit inspiring these words to you tonight in Manford, Oklahoma. God's will is that you prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. You know, the word health, what is health? It's the result of healing. Health is the condition of a, of a righteous person. Because if you're forgiven, you're healed. Oh. I said if you're forgiven, you're healed. They're not separate. We've separated them. The same atonement. I'll walk slow. They're trying to follow me. The same atonement. The same sacrifice that was made to provide the forgiveness of your sin is the same sacrifice that provided for the healing of your body. If you're forgiven, you're healed. Beloved, I will that above all things is what one translation says. In other words, this is my highest priority for you. That in all things you may prosper and be in health. You know, That last phrase is really where the rubber meets the road, though. Just as your soul prospers. See, that puts it back on us again. I hate to tell you that, but it actually says in the King James, even as your soul prospers. You know what that means? To the same degree that your soul prospers is to the same degree that you're going to experience prosperity and health in your life. That tells me it's not on God's end. The condition of my prosperity and my health is not on God's end. It's on the level that I have put myself in position for my soul to be prosperous. And in that, that phrase, even as, let me say this, it means to exactly the quality and intensity that your soul has prospered is exactly the quality and intensity of health that you'll experience. It's an equation. 
It's an equation that your soul's prosperity equals... Y'all don't look like you like that. It's an equation. To the degree that your soul prospers is equal to the degree of prosperity and health that you experience in your life. Man. See, we try to do all this stuff in the outward man. We think if we could just do things, we could twist God's arm or... If we could just be good enough, then he would be, you know, we could earn some, some brownie points and he'd toss us a free healing here. He'd give us a little, little change, you know, it don't work like that. God already, yeah, listen, first Corinthians chapter one says this, that all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. That means every promise in the word of God, God has already said yes. Yes. It's my greatest desire. I proved it because I provided it with the very life and blood, the blood, the life of my son. You can just quit wrestling with that question any longer. So yeah, but what, I mean, I'm not doing everything right. That's why Jesus came. (laughs) that's why Jesus came I will that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers so how do we get our soul to prosper hearing by hearing that's how we get our soul to prosper is we hear the word of God which is the will of God And we allow that to get in the way of what we believe. Imagine that. Andrew Womack says this, most people won't let the word of God get in the way of what they believe. That's the problem. Because we hold to our traditions more than we hold to the truth of the word of God sometimes. Yeah, well, so-and-so told me this. I admired them. I trusted them. Well, they were not Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) they were not God. This is the word of God. So you, or no, this isn't, but this is. (laughs) We allow the word of God to get in the way of what we believe. And we allow the word of God to cause our soul to be renewed to the truth. That's prosperity of soul. And when your soul prospers, health is the result. Oh my goodness. You know why? Because you know what your soul is? Your soul is the governor of your spirit. I remember uh, when we were kids, I just lived right next door here whenever I was a teenager. And we had, a, uh, we had an old go-kart. And uh, we used to race down the... <laughs> Patrick knew me then, so he knows what... We used to race down that old road... With the girl next door, she had, a, she had a little mini bike, so she'd smoke us every time. And we hated that, man, because she would beat us every time. And we were talking about, we were like, man, we can't have her beating us anymore. And 
My uncle come out and he goes, well, you know what the problem is, don't you? He said, there's a governor on the throttle of that motor. So you can only go so fast. It limits, listen to me, it limits the amount of, come on now. It limits the amount of power that's able to be released in that engine because there's a governor on it that's stopping it. Oh man. So I'll tell you the rest of the story. He said, well, I'll tell you what I can do. I can tie a wire to it and I can tie it over. And then when she gets about to pass you, you just hit that wire. And he tied that to the throttle body. (laughs) I don't approve this message, so don't do this. Well, she come, my cousin was the first one to try it. So he's headed down that old gravel road and she comes flying up, man, he hits that wire and he just takes off and uh, hit that gravel and got to going like this. And then that thing flipped end over end and there were parts everywhere, but, <laughs> but the reason why she was, we weren't able to, to go where we wanted to go because there was a governor. Listen, the reason why we're not getting where we want to go with God, it's not on God's end. It's not because there's not enough power available. It's because there's a governor that's inhibiting the amount of experience that you have in your life. And that governor is your soul. So you need to work on renewing your mind to the truth of the word of God and tie that wire on your soul so you can pull off full throttle. You can get the full benefit of what your spirit is able to produce. (laughs) Your soul's the governor. That's where the work is. Listen, that's, we're not trying, when we exhort you to get in the word, we're not trying to give you something else to do. I think, you know, just like you need, you need something else. No, listen, the word of God, we've got to see it properly. It is the way we interact with the father, word and spirit. But listen, the only way we're going to know his will and his ways is if we understand them through his word. See, the, the Bible is not a devotional book. So many people approach it like, this is what I do so God will be pleased with me. I read the word. I read my Bible reading plan. I got to meet my quota for God so my car don't break down. That was a joke. (laughs) Like we use the Bible to show God how serious we are. You know, to try and get a star on our board so we can trade it in for some kind of special something. No, the Bible's developmental. It's, the Bible gives us lenses to be able to see things that are unseen. Oh, man. I hope you're hearing me tonight. The power, the life that you need to drive out sickness out of your body, disease out of your body, it's already in your spirit. But that's the unseen part of you. You can't know it 
unless you have the right lenses on. What is the lens? What gives us the lens to be able to see? It's this word right here. It's the word. In other words, if I don't have, if I'm not in the word, I'm blind. I mean, I can see what's in the physical realm, but I can't see what's in the spirit. I can't really see what belongs to me unless I'm allowing this word to give me the lenses that I need to be able to see life the way that God sees it. Oh, man. And God's not mad at me about it. He's like going, son, (laughs) son, I have provided all of this for you. And it's my greatest desire that you experience it in your life. Why? God doesn't want us to uh, be in poverty and be sick. Listen, let me say this. Poverty and sickness limit how much you can fulfill the will of God in your life. Come on now. Look at me like that. I know religion says, hey, you better watch out with that prosperity stuff. It's a heart issue. It's not a money issue. Oh, man, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Man, you know what? I've been reading through the book of Genesis. Every patriarch was not just wealthy. They were wildly wealthy. Wealth, financial wealth is a manifestation of the blessing of God. But it's not an indication of the blessing of God because people get financially wealthy outside of the system. Oh, come on now. That's, That's good stuff. And you know, none of those guys were born again. They didn't have the love nature on the inside of them with the ability to govern their lusts and their desires. Man, come on now. We've been, I tell you what, we've been robbed from because of religious mindsets. We live in a world where it takes finances. Hey, Rebecca, does the church need finances to do things? Well, why, what better plan of the enemy than to have us believing for poverty so that we don't have the prosperity to just accomplish everything God tells us to do through our leadership? Oh, my goodness. Come on now. Well, yeah. Health. You know, people say, I'm, you know, God's glorified, glorifying me through this. Come on now. I'm not saying a person can't minister out of sickness or something like that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's going to limit your ability to be effective in fulfilling the will of God for your life if you're in poverty and you're sick. You know why? Because God has a plan for your life and sickness and poverty are not a part of it. (laughs) Oh man. Sickness and poverty are not a part of the plan that he wrote for your life. 
So that tells me that if I can walk in prosperity and I can walk in health, that I'm going to be more well equipped to walk in and fulfill the will that God wrote down for me in his book before. Oh, come on now. Mm, That's good stuff. I will that you prosper. Listen, some of you may be hearing. Hear, be healed tonight. You know, the Lord was talking to me about healing. So many times when we hear the word healing, we think physical sickness, disease. There's a lot more. The word for healing is a lot more than just physical sickness and disease. You can be sick in the way you think. Poverty is a mindset. Poverty is not a number. It's a mindset. There are people who have money who are po- have poverty mindsets. We need to be healed. Uh, you know, also other ways that we need healing is in, well, Jesus said this, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Some people are being hindered in their life because they've had their heart broken. They've experienced trauma, so they're not able to trust people. They're not really able to connect in the church uh, to the level that they need to, to be able to fulfill. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Mm. Disorders, addictions, those things are all things you need healed from. So that you can be in wholeness. You can function and fulfill the will. Man, I'm telling you, the will of God for your life is way bigger than what you're imagining it to be right now. We have limited God by our thinking. We've limited what God has been able to do in our life by our thinking. Let me try to wrap this up because I didn't get near as far as I was wanting to. Let me see here. Let's look at this last verse. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith isn't something you produce. Faith is something that comes. And it comes by hearing. And this translation says word of God, but it's actually in the original. It's rhema of Christos, which means the revealed word of Christ. Let me just wrap it up like this. It's saying that faith comes when you hear the revelation of what Christ provided by grace, faith comes for whatever it is that's being, being revealed. Grace is what God provided for us freely through the finished work of Jesus. Faith is my ability to perceive it and partake of it, even though it's not yet manifested in my life. Faith is something that happens to you. Listen, you can't produce faith. 
That's one problem people have. They're trying to, they're trying to faith it till they make it. That's a bad phrase. <laughs> people say that. Faith it till you make it. That's not, you don't faith it till you make it. You can't faith it. Faith happens to you. What you need to do is put yourself in the environment where you're able to hear. And then faith will happen to you. And when faith happens to you, the manifestation of what that word says will happen to you. Remember I shared with you in Acts 14 where Paul was in Lystra and he was preaching. And there was a man there who had been lame from birth. He never walked. And Paul was preaching. Suddenly Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. Where did the man get the faith to be healed? From hearing what Paul was saying. Oh, come on. He wasn't doing all the things we think you got to do to get faith. He was just hearing. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to end with this. Whatever it is that you have need of tonight, hear me. Whatever the word has promised belongs to the believer. If you have need of any of it, you can receive it tonight. Hear me. If you can hear me. I'm telling you that in Christ, you've already been forgiven. You've already been healed. You've already been delivered. You've already been prospered. Now, by faith, declare what it is that you want to see. Start acting like God acts. He calls those things which are not as though they were. Quit calling those things as they are. Start calling those things that are not as though they were. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise tonight. We thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Father God. I sense that faith is arising in the hearts of your people tonight. Father God, that they are realizing that it's your will, that they prosper and that they be in health. And I know that your perfect, your eternal word has gone forth tonight and it has released faith to them. And so right now in the name of Jesus, I just tell you, begin to say what you want. You remember the scripture that says, let the weak say, come on, let the weak say, let the sick say, I am healed. Let the addicted say, I am delivered. Oh, come on. You got to begin to declare when the word is in your heart and in your mouth, then you begin to manifest what that word declares belongs to you. Oh, when you begin to get in agreement, oh, the word says, how can two walk together unless they're agreed? Let me tell you, God's not going to get in agreement with your wrong thinking. You got to get in agreement with what he has declared and what he knows to be true. Let the weak say, let the poor say, (laughs) let the sick say, come on now. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise tonight. We thank you, Father God, that we are forgiven, that we are justified, that we are righteous that we are healed, 
that we are delivered, Father God, that we are the sons and the daughters of God, that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, that we are prosperous, that we are strong, that we have love, that we have joy, that we have peace, that we have the very nature and the character of Almighty God. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father God. I thank you, Father, that you've already blessed us. That you've already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Oh, Father God, that you've already made us partakers of the divine nature. That we are partakers of the very nature of God. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. Oh, we thank you for it, Father God. We thank you for it, Father God, that these bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Mm. That these bodies are carrying around the very glory and power of God. Oh, that everywhere they go to Quick Trip, to the grocery store, to the post office, to their jobs, everywhere they go, they are carrying around the answer. That the people they encounter are needing and looking for. Oh man, we need to awaken. (laughs) We need to awaken. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. You're so worthy, Father God. You are so worthy. Oh, your goodness, Father God, is amazing. Your goodness in our life is so amazing. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father God. Oh, I declare that this people begin to walk in health, Father God. Not walk from sickness to healing to sickness to healing, but that these people begin to walk in the health and the life of God. Oh, hallelujah. That we are prosperous. That we are prosperous. That we are resourced for every good work. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If that didn't give you enough to receive right where you're sitting, there's going to be ministers up here. You need a little more persuading because, listen, God ain't needing persuaded. But maybe you do. If you need a little more persuading, just come up here. Let somebody come into agreement with you. Jesus said, if any two on earth agree as touching anything, Man, that's pretty, that's pretty broad, isn't it? It shall be done for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Be sure to come up if you need something. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.